It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. It's presented by DraftKings, which is the best place to play some DFS this weekend. Really looking forward to that. One of my favorite things to do this time of year, actually. I am at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. The former NFL offensive lineman. We had Mike Lombardi, former NFL GM, on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. So encourage you to check that out for sure. We also had an awesome even money betting podcast yesterday. For those of you that are into that, college draft podcast. We're getting all of you, especially those of you whose teams are out of it, ready for the NFL draft. This show changes a little bit this time of year. I usually say it's the show that's so nice. We do it twice. Not anymore. It's only once a week until week one of the 2023 NFL regular season. When we'll go back to two episodes, we still though are breaking down the games like only Joe Dolan can. We still are diving into the fantasy implications, especially from a DFS perspective. But we always like to say the way you really get better at fantasy football is the offseason, is learning the processes, strategies, as opposed to just tuning in during the season. It's like, all right, Joe, just give me the answers to the question. Who should I play? Who should I not play? Who should start? Joe, of course, is from fantasypoints.com where you should use the code 22FEAST because he is the man. And FantasyPoints.com is awesome. Love all those guys over there. John Hansen, Graham, Scott, they're, they're awesome. And then you can follow me on social media at Ross Tucker NFL and us at Ross Tucker Pod. I'll tell you this, for at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter or Instagram or even Facebook now and or YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, doesn't Jack uh, do a great job with the highlight clips of the show? Of Joe, you and I were just talking about it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really like it. He makes me sound good. Uh, you know, if you talk for if you talk for an hour, Ross, you're going to say something stupid. And sometimes, and uh, he manages to. Uh, uh, you guys manage to pick out the stuff that doesn't sound so dumb. So I appreciate that. It is perfect. Love the highlight clips. So the way it works, just so everybody knows, if you ever see me looking down or typing, I am making a note of the time. And um, kind of paraphrasing what Joe says that I find interesting. And I send that to Jack so that Jack can cut the clip and post on social media. Because I, I think I'm pretty good at, at, if I think it's really interesting and noteworthy what Joe says, then I think other people will too. So that's what that, those are the clips that I want to cut and post on social media so that hopefully people are interested in it and then more people uh, check out all of our content, including this show. All right. So, Joe, we got six games to go over. It's wild yep. card weekend. Just give me the big picture fantasy wise, um, primarily DraftKings, but really anywhere. Because uh, I know a lot of people kind of shift into a different mode now yep. for the playoffs from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. So, um, there, there's obviously multiple ways you can play mm-hmm. uh, fantasy in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there are there's um a couple of contests that I'm in where you pick you can only pick one player from every team uh to fill a lineup requirement. Um the FFPC does that. Um, which is a, which is a high stakes fantasy website, and it's re- it gets really strategic because you're like, well, if I use Patrick Mahomes, I can't use Travis Kelsey, and that site's tight end premium, so I really want to use Travis Kelsey. But you know, if I use if I use Christian McCaffrey, I can't use Debo Samuel. If I use Debo Samuel, I can't use Christian McCaffrey. If I use AJ Brown, I can't use Jalen Hurts. So you have to really think through that while also managing to come up with what could be a unique lineup that can win the contest. Obviously, um, DFS, it's the same, just with a smaller player pool. So you're going to get down into uh, players that you typically wouldn't uh, wouldn't use for a DFS lineup. There is a contest that uh, that I run for my buddies that's called um, – that that's called the one and done. And what that is, is you set a lineup every week, but the catch is you can't use a player more than once throughout the playoffs. You have the entire player pool available to you, but if you use Josh Allen here in wildcard weekend, you can't use Josh Allen the next week, the week after that, the week after that. And it becomes very difficult because you have to make sure you have players who advance to the Super Bowl when the scoring is doubled. So you, there's really a lot of strategies. There's a lot of fun ways to play. You know, for us, for our purposes with this um, with this podcast, because it's so short, you can't really get into all the ways, like breaking down, well, you you can use them in this, but you can't use them in that. What I can talk about uh, is, is the projected game flow of the games, what some of the player props are, uh, who are expected to be the big-time performers in these contests. We'll start, Joe, with Saturday afternoon then. And it's the Seattle Seahawks against the 49ers. The total's 42 and a half, which interestingly is the second lowest total of the weekend. That surprises me a little bit. Well, um, I think part of the reason for that is the fact that uh, Seattle went 0-2 in this matchup this year. Geno Smith managed to put 20 points on the board totally through one touchdown uh, in these two games. And they met just uh, four weeks ago back in week 15. And Geno went 31-44 in that game, but for just 238 yards. Um, Tyler Lockett had seven catches for 68 um, DK Metcalf had seven for 55. So the Seahawks had a lot of problems. Uh, Kenneth Walker in that game had 79 yards from scrimmage. The Seahawks had a lot of problems just moving the ball with any consistency in that game. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy, the 49ers were efficient in that game. Christian McCaffrey touched the ball 32 times. George Kittle scored two touchdowns. So those are the players who are really, really standing out to me. Um, if I'm looking at player props, uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, is expected to gain uh, 112 yards from scrimmage in this game. Uh, Kenneth Walker is expected to gain 71 yards from scrimmage, which is kind of right where he was. I might take, I might consider some unders for for Tyler Lockett at 60 and a half and DK Metcalf at 62 and a half. Um, the Seahawks obviously are pretty heavy underdogs in this game. Um, I think it was 10 at some points. I think nine and a half is where it's at right now. And based on how these games went earlier in this season, I completely understand it. The 49ers dominated uh, this matchup. The the thing I, uh, the question I have about the 49ers, and I am not trying to say Brock Purdy isn't playing well because he is. What will they look like if and when Brock Purdy has to play from behind against one of these playoff teams? And 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 I think that's an open ended question. I just don't know if I anticipate Seattle, uh, San Francisco, playing from behind in this game. 
Um, one thing to note for San Francisco, because Debo Samuel has returned to the lineup, the markets really don't know what to do with these receivers. Brandon Ayuk is the favorite to lead this team in receiving at 45 and a half yards, but Debo Samuel and George Kittle, and George Kittle has been Brock Purdy's boy. He scored five touchdowns the last month. George Kittle is the is the guy who they can't they don't really know what to do with 42 and a half. He has the same yardage line as Debo Samuel. I don't know. I, I I think that might be a little low for George Kittle based on how well he and Brock Purdy have been clicking so far. The Chargers face off against the Jaguars on Saturday night. The total is 47 and a half. And I guess it kind of feels, Joe, like there's the potential to be a lot of points in this one. I think we're all thinking Saturday night. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, they both got the surfer hair. They just come out chucking it all over the place. Man, let's score a lot of points and have fun, dude. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that kind of think that that's the possibility. Is that what you're envisioning? Yeah. What makes this game interesting is the fact that the Chargers are coming off a loss and I'm sure you've had the discussion on the Ross Tucker football podcast this week, Brandon Staley playing the starters and Mike Williams getting hurt and having to be helped to, um, having to be helped to the, uh, the team bus at the end of the game. Ross, did you ever have back spasms? Oh yeah. So what does it feel like? How long does it take to get over them? Um, it's a, it's as painful as anything you can experience. And it's usually better the next day. Yeah. You know, um, you can even get to calm down later that day, but it's usually better the next day. What I would say though, is there's usually an underlying issue with the back spasm, but that usually doesn't, in my experience, that usually doesn't start to rear its ugly head until later right so like a lot of times guys have a back spasm and it's like oh okay yeah you're you know go to a chiropractor or calm down but it's like a year later where you start to hear about a bulging disc or a herniated disc or whatever um but i don't think any of that's a factor i would imagine that's probably not the case yeah for mike william in in terms of this saturday I, i it sounds like and i saw um, Dr. Chow from Sports Injury Central, um, that he they think that Mike Williams will be fine this Saturday, which I thought was yeah. interesting. Uh, there's still no receiving prop for Mike Williams up at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is understandable. Um, what what is his status? Is he going to be able, you know, to get some practices in and all that stuff? So I I find that absolutely fascinating. And then you know, I think I don't know if I have a great read on this game overall. Uh, Ross um I saw Rashawn Slater activated from the his windows activated but he's not going to play this week for the Chargers who by the way are two point favorites in this game um I I I could consider myself maybe a 
a little wager on the Jaguars because the Chargers to me are a very Jekyll and Hyde team. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be so stunned if the Chargers make a run to the AFC championship game. I don't know if the Jaguars have that kind of upside, but I also wouldn't be stunned if the Jaguars just take care of business at home and, and, and drop it on the Chargers in this game. The guy who I'm really looking for, and I expect to be very popular in DFS and in one and done contests is Travis Etienne because of that Chargers run defense and Travis Etienne. Well, the thing that's fascinating about him to me is when they drafted him last year, they still had James Robinson. And now, obviously, you know, we know what happened with the Urban Meyer fiasco. But I think everybody anticipated, oh, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, you know, in college, these two guys hooked up a lot in the receiving game. And he's going to be, you know, a great scat bag. He might be similar to Austin Eckler in terms of usage. Etienne hasn't caught more than three passes in a game all season, which is fascinating to me. And because of that, his rushing yards prop is really high at 75 and a half. Uh, but that stands out to me because I think that is where the the, the Jaguars are going to probably want to attack the Chargers. I don't think Trevor Lawrence played particularly well uh, last week against um, against the Titans in that game. You know, the defensive score that sends the Jaguars to the playoffs. So in this game... I'm expecting Travis Etienne to be a huge factor uh, for the Jaguars. I'm expecting Austin Eckler out of the backfield, especially if Mike Williams can't play or is limited in this game. Keenan Allen to be a huge factor for the Chargers. Um, And obviously, I think Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, these guys are going to have more of an impact than they had a couple of weeks ago, maybe against Houston, because I think Trevor Lawrence is going to play better in this game. But Travis Etienne is really the guy who stands out in this matchup um, and there's, there should be an opportunity for Travis Etienne to get in the box, if not once, if not twice, maybe once. Uh, but I think two, two touchdowns is in the realm of possibility for Travis Etienne against this Charger run defense and with this high total. Um, but yes, the high total, they're expecting them to come out and throw, uh, throw around the yard. Justin Herbert on prime time. I'm more excited to watch this game. You know, I don't really have a great feel for it from a fantasy or betting perspective, quite frankly. I tend to agree. I, I'm kind of thinking that it was the Jags Super Bowl last Saturday night and that the Chargers kind of bounced back, but it's not easy. I mean, they were in Denver, fly back to L.A., now all the way to Jacksonville, short week. Not not ideal. You know what else isn't ideal, by the way, Joe? How often we all have subscriptions that we're paying for and we, like, forget about them. It's not okay. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. This is amazing, by the way. You can find a subscription in your Rocket Money app, press cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. That is amazing. Um, Over 80% of people, by the way, have subscriptions they forget about. So this is key, especially if you've got a lot of different like streaming services and stuff. Big fan of Rocket Money. I can't believe that you can save money just by clicking a button. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel the unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash feast. That's rocketmoney.com slash feast. I know it's a New Year's resolution for a lot of you. Do it via rocketmoney.com slash feast. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. 
The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We move on to Sunday, Joe. The game I'll be at. Calling for Westwood one. It's the Dolphins at the Bills. And the uh, total is 47. There's been quite a bit of line movement. A point and a half, Joe. Did I miss something coming out somewhere that suggested Tua's going to play? Well, I, I'm not sure it's going to be Tua. But the Dolphins posted a playoff hype video an hour ago. And... Teddy Bridgewater is in it. And I think that's probably enough to move the line a point, a point and a half off of Skylar Thompson. Um, I don't know if two is going to go. That's obviously a huge question about this game. I don't think two is going to go. Um, uh, the, the optics, not great, but maybe they're welcoming in the, the 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 possibility that Tua could play. Obviously, if Tua plays, that's great news for the Dolphins. I'm not sure it's great news for the NFL if Tua plays in this game. Um, but Teddy is going to make them, in theory, more competitive than um, than Skylar Thompson would in this game. In theory, um, Teddy's had some good years. Teddy's had some bad years. Teddy's had some good games. Teddy's had some bad games. Right now. Though the line has moved to nine, there are no Dolphins player props out there. So everybody is waiting on quarterback news. Obviously, if Teddy plays or Tua plays, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell become much stronger plays than they would with Skylar Thompson or Mike Glennon uh, at quarterback. Now, Waddell and, and Hill are both kind of dinged up. And that's another that's another question here. I will say this, in the... FFPC playoff contest, which is one and done, you have to pick two teams to fully fade, meaning you uh, not not one and done, it's one player per team. You have to pick two teams to fully fade because there's only 12 lineup spots, and you have to pick two teams where you pick a kicker and a defense. I'm actually using the Dolphins defense in that contest because even though I think the Bills are going to win and I think they're going to win relatively easily, we have seen Josh Allen take sacks. We have seen Josh Allen turn the ball over. I think they could get to Allen a couple of times and still lose this game for Miami. But right now, the quarterback situation is up in the air. Raheem Mostert, we don't know about his availability. That's up in the air. He's got a broken thumb. So there are no player props whatsoever on the Miami Dolphins. And quite frankly, we've got to wait until we get some solid quarterback news. The line movement would suggest, that people are hearing things, that suggest uh, Skylar Thompson will not start in this game. What about the Bills offensively? You mentioned the Miami Dolphins defense. Anything in particular on the Bills offensively? Yeah, so um, uh, I think this is a a game for Buffalo. You know, we saw them play two games this year already. We, we saw them play basically in extreme conditions. We saw, we saw them play in that dead heat in Miami, and then we saw them play in the snow uh, in Buffalo in Week 15, that most recent matchup. And in that most recent matchup, Josh Allen was awesome. Josh Allen played maybe his best game of the year, throwing for four touchdowns. Uh, we saw we saw um, the four touchdowns, by the way, in that game from Josh Allen. 
went to James Cook, Dawson Knox, Quentin Morris, and Naeem Hines. Believe that or not. Uh, Stefan Diggs uh, had just five catches for 60 yards. Gabriel Davis had four for 56 because, you know, Miami pretty strong uh, at the corner position with Xavier Howard. But I-, I expect Buffalo to come out and do what Buffalo does. I think they're probably going to run the ball a little bit more in this game than maybe they have. Uh, all season just because Allen's had a little bit of struggles recently but they could also look to the fact that Allen was great uh, in their last matchup throwing for four touchdowns Allen uh, 253 and a half is the passing yardage prop on him Devin Singletary and James Cook I find this notable their rushing props have narrowed Devin Singletary's at 43 and a half Cook's at 37 and a half don't be surprised if James Cook is the breakout playoff star for the Buffalo Bills with his increased usage of late. Ooh, I like that one, Joe. What about the the Giants and the Vikings? Uh, Giants are going to be a very popular uh, underdog bet. Uh, I can tell you that right now. They are still at three, though. So that line hasn't moved. I think I think a lot of public money is probably coming in on the Giants, but there must be enough big money that is sticking with the Vikings for that line to have not moved off the forty, uh, off the three, forty-eight and a half, uh, being the total in this game, and I just think everybody's opinion has just completely collapsed on the Vikings. You know, they came out last week and they put together a couple of nice drives uh, in that game against the Bears, but they still made some mistakes. Dalvin Cook fumbling. Dalvin Cook got dinged up uh, in that game, um, but I think the Vikings, talent-wise, are the better of these teams. The Giants might be better coached and might be playing better uh, at this particular moment. Let's get let's see the information on the Giants injury report because Adderie Jackson would be a very huge uh, get for them against Justin Jefferson. You know, they've had a lot of injuries uh, in that secondary. And I think that's part of maybe the number one reason Brian Dable rested starters last week against the Eagles was because not not just because the Giants had nothing to play for, but the fact that they've been one of the more injured teams in the entire NFL up to this point. So to get Saquon Barkley some rest, to get some of those injured defensive players and injured offensive linemen some rest was really important for the Giants. So they're going to be coming into this game as strong as they possibly can at this point. So uh, I think the Giants uh, made the right decision last week. Looking at some of the player props here, their receivers, they're expecting this to be a three-man, three-headed uh, monster here. You've got Darius Slayton at 51 and a half, Richie James at 47 and a half. You've got uh, Isaiah Hodgins at 43 and a half. So they're not really sure what to do with those guys. Richie James has really kind of been Daniel Jones's go-to guy. And that might be the guy I gravitate to uh, in DFS lineups this week. For the New York Giants, outside of Saquon Barkley, of course. But uh, Richie James has really been kind of the guy um, for that that Daniel Jones has really uh, loved throwing the football to. And the Vikings, Joe? Yeah, so the Minnesota Vikings, thankfully, are the Minnesota Vikings. They're, they're still the team that we know um, loves to pump the ball to its elite options. Now, I'm looking at the Giants' points allowed uh, to uh, particular positions. Over the last five weeks, they're basically a league average matchup for tight ends um, by their points allowed versus opponents. Uh, it's adjusted for a strength of schedule as well. So the Giants are about league average in that in that regard. And TJ Hawkinson has just been a, a star ever since he's gotten 
to the Vikings. Uh, 47 and a half yards on his player prop is way too low for me. Uh, I think TJ Hawkinson goes up and above that number. Justin Jefferson's at 90 and a half. I mean, yeah. If Adoree Jackson doesn't play in this game, I think there's a really good chance that um, that Justin Jefferson goes up and above that. Dalvin Cook at 71 and a half. When he limped off the field last week, I'm a little iffy on that. But the Minnesota Vikings remain the Minnesota Vikings. It's They're going to pump the ball to their good guys. If Kirk Cousins plays well, they're going to win this game. I don't think the markets have a whole lot of confidence in Kirk Cousins. At least the public doesn't have a whole lot of confidence in Kirk Cousins. I expect the Giants to be a very public dog in this game. Ravens at the Bengals. I don't really understand this, Joe. Yesterday on the Even Money podcast, when I think most of us thought Lamar was going to play, the line was six and a half. Now that Ian Rappaport, shortly before we started the show, said it's not looking good for Lamar, the line's only seven, Joe. So was it already kind of baked in that people were skeptical of Lamar playing? I thought I think that line's too short, quite frankly. Yeah, I, that that's my first read on the situation. Um, look, Tyler Huntley. He did some good things last year. There's no doubt about it. Um, but last year's Baltimore team was like more talented at the receiver position than this one. It's just, it's Mark Andrews has had some ups and downs. This is really bad. Uh, at fantasypoints.com, uh, we did our staff predictions. And all of us, well, based on. Based on averages, we've actually projected the Bengals to play the most games in this playoff because there is a handful of us, myself included, who picked the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. There were a handful of us, every single one of us picked them to win this game. So from a total point standpoint, a total fantasy point standpoint, I think I'd be leaning on Bengals if I have a contest that you calculate the most fantasy points from the wild card round through the Super Bowl, because I think the Bengals have a good shot to make it to the AFC Championship game, if not go back to the Super Bowl. And I think part of that begins with the fact that I think they're going to win this game, especially if it's Tyler Huntley at quarterback. The Ravens are well coached, they're tough, they have way too many injuries, and they are too deficient of talent on offense for me to really get excited about them uh, from a fantasy standpoint. By the way, there are no Ravens player props out for obvious reasons. Um, they don't even have anybody I'm interested in from a fantasy perspective. They are one of the two teams I fully faded in my FFPC contest. Um, I, I guess J.K. Dobbins is usable. Remember, Gus Edwards picked up a concussion last week. Um, so J.K. Dobbins is probably going to be a guy who, if anybody's popular for the Ravens and DFS, it's going to be him. But this is a team that I fully faded in my DFS contest, and I have no regrets about that. The Bengals on the other side? Yeah, the Bengals I uh, am fully on board with. Uh, Jamar Chase, obviously, I think is you, – you, you can make an argument that Jamar Chase could be, like, the top overall fantasy player in playoff drafts. I think um, – Depending on what you're scoring and what your format is, quarterbacks go very early in playoff fantasy drafts. Um, but for in terms of skill position players, it's Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey are kind of the top two guys, uh, and, and both of them have a have a claim to the throne this year. Joe Mixon's rushing yards prop, by the way, is at 46 and a half in this game. So they expect the Bengals to come out, throw the ball around. Joe Burrow's yardage prop 274 and a half. I think Joe Burrow. 
Jamar Chase are going to be very, very chalky DFS stacks in this matchup. Let's move on to Monday night football, Joe. It's the Cowboys. It's the Bucks. The total's 45 and a half. This opened at three, and we've got the Brady bump down to two and a half. Now, it's two and a half on DraftKings plus 100. So that suggests potentially a move back to three. Again, in terms of uh, of markets collapsing on teams, you saw what happened to the Cowboys last week. That, that was as bad a game as Dak Prescott has played, maybe in his entire career. He led the NFL in interceptions despite missing five games. And then I, I think a lot of people have started to notice, you know, really outside of CeeDee Lamb, they don't really have a whole lot at receiver for Dak Prescott. And Prescott's making bad decisions. He's making bad throws. Um, and all of a sudden they're going on the road to, oh, Brady's washed and he's going to retire or he's going to go to Vegas. Does the old man have one more trick up his sleeve? And I think that's what a lot of people are thinking right now. Now, from a fantasy perspective, I think Chris Godwin is just like the Buccaneers passing game. 274 and a half is the line for Tom Brady in this game. And, you know, Brady, it's been like pulling teeth for the guy to get to that number this year. But we know that the Cowboys secondary is extremely exploitable. And if you protect Tom Brady, he's going to pick this secondary apart. And I don't know if if I, if I necessarily buy into it, Ross. You have more insight to this in in, uh, in this regard than I do. Jason Garrett said that playing on natural grass slows down the Cowboys' pass rush. Do you think there's any validity to that? Maybe a little bit, yeah. but not much. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a huge factor. I mean, maybe a little bit. It's not as fast as a turf field. I think there's a little bit to that, but yeah. I don't think that's a huge factor. So then, the other factor would be what does the Buccaneers' practice report look like in terms of their offensive linemen? They've had a bunch of injuries there. Um, reports that Ryan Jensen could play. Uh, would be probably a huge help to the Buccaneers offensive lineman. Like, I think him going down early, you know, was one of the harbingers of doom for this Buccaneer team that just limped into the playoffs because they play in the worst division in the league. So if that offensive line is starting to look a little bit healthier on the practice reports, which will come out tomorrow because they, they don't play until Monday, then I think that suggests that Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans could really go nuts in this game. Um, because this is a Dallas team you can throw on. Um, you know, we saw Sam Howell making throws. We saw Gardner Minshew making throws a couple of weeks ago. And those guys ain't Tom Brady. Say what you want about Brady and say what you want about this team this year. Those guys ain't Brady. So I like the Buccaneer passing game uh, in this matchup. Rashad White, by the way, actually carries a higher rushing yards prop than Leonard Fournette. 40 and a half to 36 and a half while Fournette carries the higher receiving yards prop, which we typically like for fantasy better because it means uh, more points in PPR, which DraftKings is, uh, 29 and a half to 15 and a half. But Godwin at 68 and a half. We've got Evans at 63 and a half. The markets expect the Buccaneers to be able to throw the football uh, in this game. The other question I have from a fantasy perspective, do the Cowboys go away from Ezekiel Elliott 
who has really started to like, uh, I thought he was playing pretty well early in the season. He started to slow down. He's at like three yards per carry over the past month. He still carries a higher rushing yards prop than Tony Pollard. I would, if I could find this somewhere, I'd bet Tony Pollard to outrush Ezekiel Elliott straight up in this game. At FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. That's where you find my guy, Joe Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker pod and you are now ready to go for super wildcard weekend with Joe's breakdowns from a fantasy perspective. Hope you're as stuffed as I am. Have a great weekend, everybody. Greg Cosell on tomorrow's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.